Hello and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Safety podcast. I'm joined today by Kath Turner from Sedgman and she's in a unique role now, but we're going to hear a little bit about it. So welcome to the podcast, Kath. It's so great to have you here. Thanks, Alana. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, very excited. So you've been in health and safety for a long time now and um, we won't get into your current role, but I'd love to hear... Where does the beginning of health and safety start for you, Kath? Yeah, it has been a long time. It's over 20 years now, so it's showing my age, I guess. But <laughs> I actually started in safety. I was um, doing what a lot of young Aussies do, and I was traveling around the UK on a working holiday visa, actually. And um, I got to Edinburgh in Scotland and just loved the city and decided to stay and was lucky enough to land a, a temp job at uh, one of the universities in Edinburgh, mm. um, actually helping out in their training department. But um, I just really got on well with their entire kind of HR department, which included health and safety. Mm. And they offered me a role to to stay, but the only role they actually had was a HSC officer role. So mm. they said to me, like, you know, do you know anything about it? And I'm like, I did maybe one subject with my management degree at uni, yeah. but they're yeah. like, sold, that's enough. And <laughs> jump on in. So I ended up working for the university for a couple of years, actually. And um, I was exceptionally lucky. My uh, manager in that role, she was actually the education officer for the um, Institute of Health and Safety in the UK for the Scotland branch. So yeah, right. um, the role itself was not super taxing. So she got, um, you know, I was able to like travel around with her quite a bit and go mm. to seminars and learn from her. And the the other thing I think, which I probably wasn't aware of at the time, but how uh, special it was, was that I a part of my job was to actually convene the Executive Health and Safety Committee for the university. And the actual chair of that was Lord Cullen of, you know, Piper Alpha fame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and at the time I started interacting with him, he was actually working on the Ludbroke Grove um, investigation. So, wow. yeah, so I got to pick the brains of some incredibly great safety people, which I think is, you know, where I went from there. And then once I returned back to Australia, I just went, yeah, I think this is for me. So, and, and sort of stuck with it. So, yeah. How incredible. I think, you know, my initial reflection on that is really the, uh, and I, I am a true believer in it, that how important good leadership is in a role. You know, and I think it can either make or break from a career perspective how you perceive, in this case we're talking safety, you know, how how impressive to have some incredible leaders who are prepared to not only say, that'll do, I'll give you a chance, you've got the right qualities, yeah. uh, to then be able to learn from people who are invested in safety that are, you know, speaking it, prepared to teach it, prepared to communicate it, like... I yeah. think it, it is so invaluable to have that great leadership in a role. What do you think? 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was very lucky with how generous um, Liz was her name, was with her time and her knowledge. Mm. And um, and I think also 20-plus um, years ago, um, having a, a female health and safety manager was also quite rare, I think. Mm, I bet. Um, let mm. alone, you know, in Scotland in the middle of kind of university land. So I had a, a brilliant role model. And, and I've had uh, other fantastic role models with other, like, stages of my career as well, I think, I've also had the flip side of that. You know, I think the the next role I had after that was a little bit more how not to manage, I guess. So that mm. that also taught me a lot um, in a, you know, stressful way. But um, so I, I went into waste management for a few years after I came back to Australia and that was really, um, I learned some good things, but I also learned a lot about that's not how I want to lead people. And it really made me reflect that, you know, like that encouraging that, you know, helping people learn, evolve, and just really giving people a try um, was the the way to go. So, and I've carried that through my career. That's how I manage my teams and, um, you know, try and make them like, I think that's, that's the old saying, isn't it? The leader's not about what I can do. It's about what I can bring out of my team. So that's, that's always my focus. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so important, hey. And and look, you've had some fairly, uh, I guess, you know, what I would consider fairly male-dominant uh, industries that you've worked in across your career. What have some of the challenges in that role, in those roles been for you? Yeah, and it's evolved over the years, I would say. But I think after my short stint in waste management, I went straight into the resources industry, so construction and mining. So pretty much construction on mine sites, and that's what I've been doing for the last 15-plus years. Mm. Um, and that's been um, initially quite tough. Like, again, I was the only, uh, you know, female safety person on pretty much all the sites. I'd go out and do FIFO work. Um, you know, like it, it's everyone's got horror stories, I guess, but like the old, the standard old stuff, I'd turn up to a new site and there'd just be toilet blocks for the guys and nothing for the girls. That mm. type I'd have to drive half an hour up to the client's compound to, to use the bathroom and things like that. So, um, so I learned very early on in that, that you have to advocate for yourself and just go, look, this is not acceptable and you know like, a it's not legislation but be not acceptable either and like these things have to change um mm. i was also lucky that again in that situation i had a very strong leader um in my health and safety manager i reported to um and he was very much a just do your job and do it well i don't really um he didn't really stress so much about gender and things like that so mm -hmm. if I needed support then he was like you know straight on the phone to rectify things for me and yeah um, and and look Kath I like you know I completely agree that and I don't think majority of my circumstances where I really went shit I'm the only woman here came from my leaders my leaders appointed me because they knew my skills yes. and talent set exactly. it was outside of that that I felt I either needed to prove myself or the circumstances didn't make it easy for me to be the female yeah uh, and right. yeah. yeah the it's it's funny I tell you, the amount of stories I hear about this, the female toilet piece, I still yeah, just, yeah. my brain still just yeah. like, yeah. Um, I, and it, just, I, mean, I think it's, it's gotten better over the years. I think yeah. it's you know, a long way to go, particularly on those remote resource yeah. sites, that type of thing. It is still exceptionally male dominated. I mean, yeah. I think back in the day, there was, I think, oh God, if I remember rightly, we probably had about, 20 plus safety people and I was the only 
female mm-hmm. CEO advisor, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember when I got my first company car, like actually was, I was the first female in that joint venture to get a company car. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like celebrating, going, oh, this is a major step forward, you know. Yeah. So, whoa, uh, yeah. women could drive? Like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it, it used to annoy me a bit that I'd have to be the advocate and, um, you know, have to be that trailblazer. But I think as I've gotten older and, seen that industry change like i've appreciated the the why now and that those hard yards some days were absolutely worth it yeah so but i i think it would be um wrong to not say thank you at this point because i'm sure there's a lot of us listening uh you know, into the podcast that just go, thank you for being that trailblazer because it has taken women before us and it will take women after us to advocate for what we need and for how we make that change and how we are included and that a female having a car is not a big thing. So thank you for advocating for yourself because I think in turn it's advocated for those who have come after you, Kath. So um, hats off to you. I think it's a brave move. So um, Thanks. Well, I probably did it because I'm a little bit belligerent, I guess, but it's um, (laughs) whatever whatever got us there. Whatever (laughs) got us there. I'd love to chat because obviously you've seen, you know, so many different, you know, projects from a construction, from resources mining. Talk to me about how you've seen safety change across the time. Because one thing, you know, like my example is I think we used to have a lot of police based Mm -hmm. safety in terms of how we manage it. Talk me through your journey around how you've seen safety evolve in that time. Yeah, and there's there's a number of different elements that have evolved. I think I think even well, even me, I didn't start off with a like a degree in safety. For example, you know, I've like just studied general business management and mm. since got quals. But I think back when I started on heavy industry, really a lot of the safety people had come through because you know, they'd, they'd been injured and they were kind of just whacked in the safety department to go, mm. well, you're safety now. You can teach us what not to do or <laughs> um, or come up off the tools and things like that. So I think there's been an evolution where we've got a really great mix of that now. So we've got some actual, you know, from the tools, but then also a little bit more academia um, and seeing those two streams sort of melding now to bring back like, or to bring out a lot more of that it's about people um like i've always approached safety about it's just about the people right it's not a i fundamentally believe nobody wakes up in the morning going i'm going to go to work and get injured today yeah Um, or i'm going to hurt someone else you know like i think about leaders like no one and that's i always try and say to anyone you know from a business acumen perspective there is not a ceo or an executive team who wakes up and says i want to run my business so poorly that i injure people exactly. yes they can be ignorant to some advice yeah, yeah. but there i don't think their intent yeah. is genuinely ever yeah you know you, they'd have to be psychopath right yeah exactly right i mean you know there are a couple but there you know, are there's definitely but mostly, a few of those, but yeah one starts with the right intent and yeah and i think um i've seen that certainly over the years start to come through a lot more now it's not just about the um it's not just about the physical hazards and how do we fix it safety it's now really about the holistic how do we care for our people um, and, you know, what does that look like in the workplace? Yes, it's about addressing critical risk and physical hazards, but it's also about like making sure people know that they're valued and their input is valued. And, you know, how do you do the work? How's this going to work for you to make it safe? So um, I'm not a big fan of like posters on the wall, that type of thing. I, I very much am a 
um, two key pillars is critical risk and then cultural behavior essentially are the, are the things that I focus on and um, and I think really a lot of the industry does now like that's really the the key focus and I think that's correct you know it's um mm-hmm. it's getting exponentially I think with all the new psychosocial um, legislation a bit more towards the the culture and the behaviors of people um, so I think I'm watching that with interest because I think there's potential for that to maybe go a little bit too far is what I'm going to say. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. But I think anything that sort of focuses on care um, as the first principle um, mm. to build health and safety is certainly the way to go. So, And that has changed over the years. It's gone from that, as you said, that safety cop mm. uh, to a bit more of a how do we work with our people. Collaborative, like, yeah. Be collaborative and yeah be inclusive and and understand how they do their job every day, not just write a procedure and go, go do your job. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, I think it has, it's been interesting to watch uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how I think the regulator swings with us or against us in that, like, you know, depending on obviously the jurisdiction. Uh, So one of the things I want to have a chat about as well is, Transferable skills. So you are currently more in a general manager of business support role. So I'm not going to say you've completely transitioned out of health and safety, but you've certainly broadened your scope. Talk me through your current role. What are What's the scope of that? And we'll talk about some of the transferable skills that you're pulling from. Yeah, it is very broad these days. So I still have the SEQ um, yeah. globally under my remit, but I also have uh, diversity and social inclusion, our entire ESG, global strategy, um, some learning and development, uh, marketing communications, which is a bit left field for me. And also um, up until recently, I had HR as well under my remit, but the company's growing exponentially. So I've been able to promote someone in that role, thankfully. But um, and I think I'd been doing health and safety for, as I said, 20 years or 20 plus years and wasn't getting bored in it, but equally, I think, was looking for that new challenge and thankfully have a, a great managing director that went, I know the, the stuff that I can give you. And um, yeah, the transferable skills have been interesting. I think, again, it comes back to that leadership skill. Um, the, a lot of the things that I look after under my remit are really like health and safety, it's kind of a everyone's responsibility type thing. ESG is, um, you know, quality is that type of thing. So mm. it's more about being that advocate in the business about, you know, like actually getting other business units up to speed and operating where we need them to be to actually implement and work through the processes that we've got in place, I think. And then my job becomes a little bit more governance overseeing but also um, mentoring and coaching and training and my teams under me are really um, advisory coaching type teams I've built them that way not to be the the hands-on doers but to be the actual we can help you do what you need to do and um, help you integrate all of these different things into the business so um, and that's very much a, a safety 101 thing like that coaching advising mm. And that's probably been the key transferable skills that I've been able to take through with those other subject matters because it's really very similar. You know, the enviro-social governance piece is, is everybody needs to be on board with it. So, you know, using those safety skills of everyone's responsible and transferring that into the ESG space has been very helpful, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think so important for our listeners again because I think one thing that, we have to think about is you know not everyone gets to that 
or wants to get to, say, a chief safety role, right? So what are those, you know, pathways? Uh, and in this case, our audience being women in safety, what are those pathways? And and not limiting ourselves to, well, our pathways only safety. It's like you've utilised those skills. You're across different kind of roles and accountabilities now, but utilising some of those same skill sets. And I think that's so powerful for our listeners because we have to be able to see that talent pathway in our own where we can go in our career that perhaps is beyond health and safety, but we can still keep our hands on on the pulse kind of thing. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think when I look at um, Sedgman as a business, some of our most successful female leaders have actually, like me, had a very varied pathway. They've really, you know, my sustainability risk manager, for example, she started off as a process engineer um, mm. and has worked through the organization to now essentially does, um, she supports our executive leadership team um, with risk profiles and and into that sustainability type piece, which is becoming huge for everybody, of mm. course. So, um, and our executive vice president over in Canada, for example, exactly the same. She started like in a grad program with, with Sedgman has worked in all different manners of things, including relocating her and her family over to Canada to start like, you know, start up the Canadian business and things. Mm. So it's really about looking at those opportunities and going, well, actually I can do that. I think maybe generalizing a little bit as women, I think we tend to be a little less confident in those transferable skills that we have. Um, so if we don't meet the criteria exactly, we're just like, well, we can't really do that. But that's not the case. I think it's really more of a, you know, hey, it's good to have strong advocates in a business, of course. So find those coaches and advocates that can help that for you, but also understand those transferable skills as well, because safety teaches a lot of those type of skills, you know. Mm, what nuggets of wisdom, Kath. I love that. I need to... Lucky I press record. Obviously, I'm recording, but I need to um, capture some of those because I don't think you're generalising. I thought, well, yes, we are a little bit, but I, they are literally the conversations I hear all the time mm -hmm. uh, and did a LinkedIn post just recently about just how much women will not put themselves forward in that. And, yeah. you know, women who, it's funny, the conversations I have with women in those senior leadership roles, yourself included, I would say the one thing I've noticed that you all do really well is say yes to the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could bottle that up and chuck that into every woman working in health and safety, we would see such transformation because I think, you know, as women, our primary kind of feminine energy that comes out is, and that feminine side of the brain is care. So mm, exactly. we, I yeah. think, as a primary trait of women, biologically, we're going to bring that care out. And I just think if we can bottle the say goddamn yes opportunities, it would be such a win. So Absolutely. I'll let you know yeah. when I invent that because I need to <laughs> bottle some of that up. Um, well, I guess a lot of the way I put it, I'm not a fan of fake it till you make it, but I am a fan of being brave until you make it. I think that's the difference, oh, the key, right? Um, my, I'm writing that down right now so I could use that today because <laughs> it's that's so true. The previous job I had, I think I'd been the Australasia Africa HSE manager for the company and my boss, who was the global director, um, resigned quite suddenly and um, there was no intent to actually um, recruit internally, essentially. So I just went, you know, that I really want that job. And I sat down and just wrote this like massive letter to the CEO and just went, no, 
why I can do this job. Um, I'd also been a bit of a critic on how my boss had done the job, so I thought <laughs> I'd probably put my money where my mouth is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I can um, do it better. Watch me. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I got a phone call from the CEO the next day going, we hadn't even contemplated recruiting internally. Um, he said, but, you know, now we're going to open it internally first before we do externally. So that, that's how I sort of took up that role. So Amazing. So. I just, I, I really, really respect that, Kath, because oh, I, I, I just... I was panicking the whole way, please don't get me wrong. Like, oh, God, <laughs> but, but it's that whole, you know, there's all those quotes in the world around, um, if your goals aren't big enough to scare you, they're not big enough. True. And yeah. I think, uh, like, we've got to lean into that that fear more because without, it's, it's that whole businesses wouldn't exist without risk. And it's, you've got to be prepared to take that little bit of risk and with risk, there comes a consequence, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, and to me, that consequence is the fear piece. It's like we we know it's there, but you've got to lean into it so that we've got that opportunity. So, yeah, oh, so many nuggets of gold. What a what I, I I don't think I really need to ask you, but what would your piece of advice be for the next generation? Because I think you've told them everything. Um, but do you have anything in particular that? No, not really. It, it is that. I, I think I the only advice I ever give to people is like, you need to do you. Like, you've got to do what makes you happy and what works for you. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up a little bit on what the organisation wants. Um, yeah. Where, you know, like I've been around long enough and been through redundancies and stuff to know that there's not a lot of loyalty there often, um, unfortunately. But um, some people learn that the hard way. Um, mm. But then, yeah, same thing, just like... Sometimes you just have to advocate for yourself and create those opportunities. It's not easy. Um, and the other way is to find those champions in your business mm. or in your industry that can help you with that, you know, so, yeah. Well, Kath, it has been an absolutely stellar conversation. I am so glad you told me that Alicia Jeffrey, who we interviewed, I think she was episode two or three um, in the podcast series. Yes pushed you and said, Kath, you've got to be on. And I think our listeners will agree. It's been an absolutely awesome conversation with so much to share. So thank you for leaning in, being brave and uh, having a conversation and sharing it. Thank you. I've enjoyed being on. Thanks. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.